Welcome to the Hide and Feel Horrors podcast, where we review horror movies and horror movie franchises. Today we're watching Scream 2. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Kennedy. And today we're joined by Maria once again. We're supposed to be, we're supposed to be joined by Tawan as well, but he's out sick. But before we hop into any of that, Candy, can you give us a plot summary? Yeah, of course. So two years after the events of Scream, Sidney Prescott and Randy are attending Windsor College. They are trying to get on with their lives until a new Ghostface killing spree begins. With the help of Dewey and Gale, Sidney must find out who's behind the murders. As the body count goes up, the list of suspects go down. So, Scream 2. What are you guys' initial thoughts when you first played it? Because you guys watched it for the first time for the podcast, right? So what did you guys think? Yeah, I think my initial impressions are that I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it enough to immediately watch Scream 3 after it. So I was really surprised because uh, I never really paid attention to the Scream franchise before. I was like, ah, Ghostface, Sidney Prescott, this stuff doesn't really, this meta horror like doesn't really interest me. But then after watching it, I was, I was happily surprised. I liked it. I liked, um, I think I kind of actually, <clears throat> I liked it better than the first movie, to be honest. Um, Same. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of like, I don't know, there was like more stuff going on. There was more kind of gore, you know, compared to the first one. And I liked the twist at the end, actually. I thought that was, it was pretty cool compared to like the first movie. I like that it's all still it was all still connected to the first one. Like yeah. the killers in this movie are well the main the mastermind is Billy's mother, who we heard about a lot in the first movie but never saw. Which is what I like about this movie cuz in this movie we see a lot of two characters that we we only saw for a second or that was only mentioned in the first movie. Just kind of how I like about this franchise. They'll they'll mention you once in one movie, and then you're like the main focus in the next. Yeah, I, also I feel prefer like this one over the first one. Yeah, I feel like um, this movie like it kind of kept you guessing in a way. Um, like it was making like a lot of people seem like 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 suspect, I guess. Suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like everybody was kind of weird, you know. Like everybody was saying saying stuff and doing stuff that made you think like like you're kind of you know you're a little sus but um i liked though i liked that it was billy's mom yeah because i liked how it connected to the first movie but it wasn't like anything like oh it's the boyfriend again or it's you know the best friend like no it was someone that you hear about but you never really really thought about i guess you know you know what i mean yeah that i get it was a, it was a good surprise so Let's talk about that opening kill, which we we do for the Scream franchise because they're they're known for their pre credit pre credit kill, and in this kill we have Omar Epps and Jada Pickett Smith, two big stars of the '90s. Well, Jada Pickett is still relevant. Omar is still around, but not as much as he used to be. So, what do you guys think about this one compared to the first one? I liked it. I felt like it was different, you know. Um, it was it was like in a different setting. Um, yeah, and and they were around a lot of people too. Um, when it no, happened, no phone call this time. Yeah, you know, like it was just kind of like it was cool. I feel like it was different compared to, I guess, 
the other kills um, that were really centered around, you know, a girl in her house and they're alone. But this is really, I, I, I thought it was really, really good. Was this, uh, I don't know, I didn't do my research, but was it was uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, had she already been in the Matrix at this point? Or did the Matrix come after this? No, Matrix came out like, the one that she was in came out like, out in like, like 2002, 2003. Oh, okay. The first Matrix wasn't even out at this point. But okay. she had been a big star in black movie, quote unquote black movies. Uh, at this point, she had been in the hit TV show, um, A Different World, which is a spinoff of The Cosby Show. She had been a main character in a really good um, heist movie called Set It Off. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had been in a bunch of bunch of movies. I mean, she she was also known for being Tupac's high school um, sweetheart. So Jada Pinkett was known. Was she already in uh, uh, Ali? Did Luke Ali come out after this or before? I don't know. I guess I'm asking like random. Things. Ali, yeah, with Will I, Smith that yeah. came out in the 2000s. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, <laughs> I think uh, the first kill was cool. It's, it was unique because you know, in the first one, it's kind of like the more typical your 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 house in like a deserted area, so you're all alone. And this one took place literally in the middle of everyone with like a, with a shit ton of people there. Uh, I like that whole atmosphere of like people like really excited to see the stab movie and and it was like a hyper fictional sort of like because obviously like fans aren't really like that I like to think at least like going to like Star I feel Wars like premieres and now stuff. We, like it's never like nowadays that, but... nowadays they aren't but I feel like because I listen to other podcasts talk about horror movies especially um H two O and they say they kind of had like a similar experience to the the crowd and scream too where it was like bad shit crazy of excitement well i would have loved to have been in the theater like that for like halloween 2018 or something because it would have made the experience a lot more intense uh but yeah i think uh the whole opening segment was awesome it was really good now i i've seen a few complaints where it's like well these characters aren't really that important to the story they weren't even connected to the first movie so that's what kind of what brings it down. But I don't think what that's what none, the first kill is, but is about. None I think of it's the just... big... It's yeah. a setup. That's it. Yeah, it's a setup. But yeah. None of the people who were killed were connected to the first movie. The whole point was that they had names that connected them to the victims in the first movie. But mm. besides that, none of them were connected. Like the chick who got threw off the balcony, she never had. She only had one scene with Randy. And no scenes with Sydney, so that doesn't really matter. Yeah. My only issue with the scene is when Omar Epps' character dies in the bathroom. So like, was Ghostface waiting in the bathroom? He just he just knew that the guy was gonna have to take a piss at some point. Like, what if the guy didn't have to pee? What if he decided to hold it throughout the entire movie because he didn't want to miss anything? That's a good point. What if the bathroom was crowded? What if he didn't go into the stall? And there is no way you can stab through that bathroom, like the toilet partition thingy that hard where he's going to stab him in the ear. Yeah, that's true. That that takes an enormous amount of strength, I would imagine. <laughs> Those things are pretty durable, I think. Yeah, and neither of the killers look strong enough to do that. I did like Maureen's death, though. Yeah. When she gets stabbed in the theater and that 
that scream she does when she falls like in front of the the screen. Yo, I feel cool. I feel like it had a weird Mandela effect with that moment. Cause I, 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 I swear I remember watching like a Dead Meat episode about Scream Two, and I could have sworn like she, she like falls on the thing on the on the where where the screen is, and like people keep like laughing and cheering. But watching it this time around, that's everyone... a scary movie. That was a scary, movie, scary yeah. That's a scary movie. <laughs> oh, that was a scary movie. Oh, okay. So it's not the Mandela effect. You're just you're, you're cross you're cross um, referencing. Okay, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I was like, I could have sworn this was a little different. Okay. Because in Scary Movie, the audience killed her because she was eating loud foods and talking on the phone and stuff. That's why they were cheering at it when she died. Oh, uh, okay. But since we're talking about them at the movies, let's talk about Stab, the movie within the movie. What would you guys think? What you guys think about that? I thought it was like, like okay, so like the first time I watched it, um, I don't think I really like paid attention to it to like the actual movie Stab, um, but then um, I watched it like a couple times after, and I didn't realize that they used everybody's real names, like why you know these people died, and you're gonna use everyone's real names, you know? Like I think. Yeah. Because I think it was based off of Gail's book. Um, it was. Yeah. And so she, like, embellished the murders, but used, like, made made up how some people were killed, but used everybody's real names. Like, I don't, I don't know. I thought that was weird. And, like, the fact that, like, the movie was, was like, I guess, made exactly the way it happened, I thought was but also kind of, like... the scenes kind of different. Yeah, I like you, you got to see. You only saw like two parts. You saw the opening part of the movie, and then you saw the scene between the reenactment of Sydney and Billy having her conversation. And I'm like, I doubt Sydney told Gail about this this conversation they had at, at, in the hallway. But okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they, you... go ahead. No, no, no. Because I also noticed like that um the first scene where um the first uh, killing scene, they made her... Like, first of all, that house is beautiful. But, like, there's no way that... You know, like, the house was beautiful and it was open. And I thought it was just kind of, like, not... Um, I don't know how to say it. Just It was just kind of weird, you know? Like, like her bathtub was, like, made out of, like, rocks and stuff. Like, everything looks so she high She wasn't end. in the bathroom in the original movie. That's why I was like, why is she taking a shower? Why is she getting naked? Old girl was in the kitchen the entire time during that first, during the first movie. But then again, I guess it's, like, it's a commentary on how when someone makes a movie based off her life events, they change a lot to embellish it. So I was like, okay, that, it's another commentary within the commentary within a commentary, I guess. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, I just thought it was kind of like, you know, how are you, how are you going to change all this? Like all these things to make it better, but then not change anybody's names. Like, you know, that's rude. To be like every, everything. Yeah. Everything was just out there. Like, Everybody knew about the murders because of the book, the movie, and they just decided, like, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, name the character Sydney Prescott, and that's going to follow her for the rest of her life. And Yeah. Kennedy. 
<laughs> your thoughts on the stat movie? Uh, was the actress playing, um, was that Heather Graham? Yep, it was. Oh, cool. Yeah, I would have loved to actually seen, like, the whole thing, but you don't really get, you only get to see glimpse, uh, glimpses of the movie. Uh, I don't really have too many thoughts about it. I, <laughs> like, beyond, like, I would have, it would have been nice to see. It's a nice concept. I would say that. I like how they have, they had Heather Graham playing Drew. They have... Tori Spelling playing Sydney and Luke Wilson playing Billy. Luke Wilson actually auditioned for Billy originally. So that was kind of cool. Wait, who 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 auditioned as who? Um, Luke Luke Wilson, who played Billy in Stab, he auditioned to actually play Billy. In oh, Stab. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that scene and, um, that they show, I think, while um. Randy and Dewey are in the cafe and he like hits himself where he's like stupid. I thought that part was kind of weird. It was. It was very awkward. I was like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's switch gears to talk about our standout moments. Good or bad? You have any good or bad scenes or moments? Uh, I think You could go ahead. Um, sorry. I think well because like my favorite scene out of honestly, I think the whole like franchise is when Randy gets murdered. Um, I feel like it's like the goriest scene because it is it is the most personal. But I don't know. I feel like the the way they did it was really cool. Um, when they find his body, it looked really it just looked really bloody. Like he was legit like stabbed. Because I, I feel like Gail usually... scream still gets to me. I'm yeah, like, oh. yeah. It felt like a real personal, real like like a very intense scene kind of when the movie itself is kind of like, you know, a little bit of comedy, you just get stabbed. But I feel like this scene was really, it's, it's just, it stood out for me the most. Yeah. It's stood out because like, obviously you have three returning, you have four returning characters. You expect that one or two of them are going to die because pretty much everyone could die except for Sydney. Did I think it was going to be Randy who died? I was like, no, he's our, horror movie nerd he tells us the horror movie he can't die but then he died and and to to know that mrs loomis well, not mrs loomis yeah mrs loomis is the one who killed him because at the time he was talking crap about billy and billy loomis billy loomis. and you're like oh that makes sense he was saying some very Disrespectful but true stuff about Billy when he got grabbed and stabbed. So, you have anything else? Well, uh, no, I think I said what I was gonna say. Any scene you didn't like, or any moment you didn't like? Um, I guess the scene where uh, Sydney's, um, I think she's in the in the theater um and she's doing her thing you know up on the stage and then she kind of has this moment where she freaks out because she thinks she sees um you know ghost face i thought it was kind of like weird i guess i don't know i didn't like it i didn't didn't really see the point in it um mostly because they made this seem really intense with all you know the lights and the music and there's these other people with robes and then she sees you know, ghost face, and she starts freaking out. 
Um, I don't know. I felt like they were trying to make that scene kind of like intense to, I guess, to, to, to show that, you know, that she's stressed out or something. But I just personally didn't like it. I didn't think, I thought they could have done something else or they could have like just done. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. They could have just done something else instead of what they did in that scene. I'm actually the opposite. I actually really like that scene because it was like really, yeah. Because imagine if you're Sydney, right? And um, oops, sorry. Yeah, just imagine that you're Sydney, and you know that there's a killer coming back, and like they're trying to kill you, and you and you don't know what moment, and that's like the perfect opportunity when everyone is wearing a mask. And um, wasn't she tied to the cross or something? Or um, or actually, I'm confusing that with Derek. No, she was given a monologue. Yeah, giving a monologue, but like still surrounded by all these people. Plus, you have that past trauma. Uh, I I can imagine that being a a a moment of like of of serious anxiety for her, and like just kind of having a panic attack there when when there's a bunch of people with like fake knives, I guess. But you don't know who has like the real weapon. It was just set up for the finale. That too. But I thought it was a, a really I wouldn't I don't think it was like a super scary scene or anything, scene or anything like that. But I thought it was a pretty, uh, it was a good scene to demonstrate for her anxiety uh, and her trauma. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then going back to uh, Randy's Randy's death, that whole sequence I thought was pretty good, where um, Gail and Dewey are like their work they're looking for. Because Dewey, uh, he had to answer the phone, right? And the killer was on the phone. And uh, he was saying that he could he could see them. So they were basically searching for anybody that had a phone, anyone looking suspicious. I thought that whole sequence was pretty, pretty intense. Any scene you didn't like? Any scene I didn't like? Well, just... You know how I feel about, like people who survive the first movie and getting killed in the second one. So I did feel bad for Randy's death. Um, I don't know. I just hate when, when people who survive the first movie who survive like the initial movie die in the second one. I guess Randy was treated with a lot more. It's kind of needed though, but it was was better than Rachel. Yeah. Because Rachel got like what, 10 minutes of the movie and she did a bunch of stupid shit. At least Randy was actually part of like the movie for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, Randy was a cool guy. He's a cool character and uh like they had to find a way to bring him back for the third one. I I guess we I won't get into that, but uh I like what they did in that movie too, so uh just this goes to show that people really enjoy this character, so it's a fucking bummer that they killed him and not someone like Dewey. Because I don't really give a shit about Dewey, to be honest. They keep bringing Dewey back, but I'll get into that later. But uh, for me, obviously, I like the whole Randy scene. It's pretty it's good, the cat and mouse. Um, another scene I like is to, like, because you, you already suspect that it's it could be Derek. You know, history repeats itself. We, we It was Billy the last movie. It could be her new boyfriend this movie. So the scene at the sorority house when... He rushes in and gets stabbed. I was like, oh shit. It Everybody's a suspect! So I like that scene. And 
Uh, a scene I don't like, that I hate, is when the car crashes and Sydney climbs out. She climbs out and over Ghostface. And she's right there. And like, yes, help your friend out the car. But you're right there. When Tally's out the car, rip off the mask. See who it is. But you run away to the, you run away from the car just to stop me like, I wanna know who it is. True. Like, what? Bitch, you were just right there. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna give her the, the benefit of a doubt, a benefit of the doubt, and probably like if she did remove the mask, she would have probably just got gone stabbed there. Because like the next scene when she goes back and he's like already caught up with Sydney's friend and he stabs her. I'm gonna yeah, assume that he also, was just faking that he was he was knocked out, but he really wasn't. He was just yeah. Kind of but also, him. how the hell did he get over there so fast? And they didn't yeah. even see him. He would have to get out the car the same way they did, and also like run around to get behind her. Like what the fuck? Yeah, that that seems messy. I don't like it. Uh, I didn't. Uh, actually, I like that scene. <laughs> Uh, I like the scene with when Derek's tied up and uh, Mickey comes in because you're like I knew it it's the boyfriend and the best friend again and then boom Derek gets shot and Sydney's like oh shit I fucked up it wasn't him I should have trusted him so that was a good scene Um, I think the scene with Dewey and Gail in the um, auditorium with the projecting, when they're watching like the footage of like Joel's footage, and then they start to see themselves and Randy, and they're like, "Oh shit, it's not." It's not my footage. And then he just appears and starts to kill them. But my favorite part about that scene is that scene where he's chasing Gail through the little like um, radio studio place, and like every time she moves to go hide somewhere, he's like right there behind her. And he's just like barely missing her. That had me on the that had me on the edge of my seat when I watched it the first time. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" If she just moves mm-hmm. like a, a like a second slower, he's gonna catch her. And I loved the ending. That big reveal. At- Mrs. Loomis. What? Billy's mother. Yeah, I think the I was like, twist oh, was sense. interesting, but don't you feel that she was a little underdeveloped though? Because she was only in like two scenes before this, and it's like, she oh, I'm like, the killer. She was in like three or four scenes, but they're really small. She only talked to Gail, and she wasn't a suspect. She didn't it didn't do anything suspicious. And then also when rewatch, she says to the other reporters after Gail walks away, "Well, if the killer is pattering him themselves after the the Woodsboro murders, wouldn't it make sense if the killer was from Woodsboro?" I was like, why would she say that? When she's the fucking killer and she's from Woodsboro. I, I guess I feel like because like because she was kind of forgotten, you know, um, I feel like because with the whole like murders, um, people were just were looking at Billy, but they were also kind of like, you know, like they kind of blamed everything on Sydney's mom um, that I feel like people just might have just forgotten about his mom like maybe just felt bad like you, you know like you know her husband cheated on her she had to leave town and, and now her son's a she murderer. left town and left her son who became a murderer 
I don't feel sorry for her. Yeah, but you know, obviously these movies are a little, you know, because <laughs> everybody <laughs> was kind of shitting on Maureen too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Even like, she was shitting on your mother slept with my husband, so you just left your son with your husband, who's a piece of shit, and he became a killer, and that's somehow Maureen and Sydney's fault still. Yeah, like it was like all that. I felt bad for like Maureen, but I feel like because the first movie and the second movie never really like they like they kind of just slut shamed her the whole time, you know, and they never really gave a reason or anything behind it. It was just kind of like, well, Sydney's mom did this, so now all these murders are happening. Which, I mean, it wasn't really her fault, but she was kind of directly I mean, connected to it, you know, in a way. I mean, yeah, Sydney's mom was married and she was having an affair, but so was the men she was sleeping with. So, whatever. Uh, but from that, let's talk about the characters in this movie. Let's start with... Sydney, how'd you guys like or dislike Sydney compared to the last movie? I liked her. I feel like in this movie, she was kind of, um, I guess I kind of liked the fact that even though she kind of went through all that, she was still trying to live her life in some way. Um, I, I didn't like how, um, towards the end, she was getting kind of like suspicious of Derek even though, like, throughout, like, I think, like, the beginning of the movie, she was, she was, you know, trusting him, saying, yeah, no, it's not him. And then in the end, she was like, maybe it is him. And then he dies. I didn't like that about her because it's like, ma'am, like, there's no, like, you spent most of this time trusting him and you kind of have to trust him in a way. And the second you don't, you kind of like, you know, he dies. Um, but I felt like she was kind of stronger in this movie. You know, like she had that fighter in her. Um, yeah, like she was, I don't know. I like her. I think I like her overall, like throughout the whole series, but I really liked her in the second movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Sydney Prescott. A little bit more tortured her because of the events of the first movie. Uh, but still, um, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with Neve Campbell, you know. I don't really have any strong opinions. I just liked her. <laughs> I liked Sydney in this movie. It was definitely a change, and I like that she was traumatized, but not to like a point where she was fortifying her dorm room and whatnot. She was just she was smart and aware of things more this time because. Of prior events but her whole life wasn't just like stopped because horror movies have a have a, a bad habit of like making the, the surviving female character so tortured and so damaged that like their whole life is just ruined and i was like oh i i kind of you would be justified given the fact that your mother was murdered by your boyfriend and your boyfriend murdered your best friend and several other people you had sex with him and then he tried to kill you, but you had to kill him and his best friend. So she could have been justifiably like really fucked up, but I'm glad they didn't go down that route. Yeah, I feel like personally, like if that would have happened to me, I would have been like in the woods and just not talk to people like ever. Um, Fuck everyone. <laughs> yeah, because I was really surprised that 
I, the first time I watched it, I was kind of surprised that she had like a boyfriend because I would have been paranoid as hell. Like I would have been like, no, you're trying to kill me. You're trying to kill Everybody's me. Everyone's trying to kill me. I'll just stick with my, you know, my friends, people that I know. Um, I, yeah, I feel like, and that's what I really liked about her because she was really, really tough, you know? What about Gail? Now, for me, the fact that Gail got punched again. Us, <laughs> I was like, come on, Gail, you didn't learn not to piss Sydney off. Come on. But I think I liked Gail more in this movie. She was like so like zeroed in and focused the last movie that she came off as like a cold, like career focused bitch. But this one, I was like, okay, she's still kind of that person, but she's also kind of softening, which really. Which you can tell because at the end of the first movie, she just went right back to reporting. But at the end of this movie, she saw that Dewey was alive and she ran straight to Dewey. And I was like, okay, that's that's the character switch right there. Cer- certainly but like that- a anti-hero vibe with yeah. her, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I hated all that shit she pulled. She tried to pull with Cotton. Oh, yeah. What about you guys? How would you guys feel about Gail this go around? I kind of liked her. I don't know. I didn't really like her in the first movie. Um, I do agree that in the second movie, she did soften off a bit. But I think, like, in the beginning, I really didn't like her when she was trying to pull, yeah, like, that thing with Cotton. It was so unnecessary. Um, and she, because, I don't know, like, like she really just couldn't leave Sydney alone, you know? Like, you can't, you know, you're, you're following kind of, like, this girl around. Because of all these murders. Um, I don't know. And I felt bad. I felt bad for Cotton too. To be honest. Because she was kind of making him. Giving him like a lot of promises. That she wasn't really. I mean she was trying to keep. But she wasn't also 100% sure. That she was going to keep him. Like with that 10 minute television thing he wanted. um, That I thought. I mean. I don't know, it made me feel bad, I guess, for Sydney and for Cotton because I don't know. I mean, I do like her whole, you know, career woman vibe. Like, she's a shark and I love that about her, but it made me feel bad for everybody else. <laughs> I would say that she has the best character arc throughout the entire series. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she had the most development, honestly, I think, out mm-hmm. of everyone. But we won't. We won't. Spoilers. Just, just know that there's more Gale to come. <laughs> what about you, Kennedy? Yeah, I think that she was a little bit more likable, kind of heading towards that sort of uh, baby face vibe. If you guys know anything about wrestling, but uh, <laughs> uh, a lot more active, actively searching for the killer. This movie around, uh, which, by the way, I like. I like the uh, the sort the chase that she had with. Uh, with the killer kind of closer to the end of the movie uh, with Dewey. Oh, yes, that's the one I mentioned. I love that scene. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a really, really good scene. To be honest, I, would, I wouldn't have been as, as stealthy at her, as her, and I probably would have gotten, like, stabbed, like, 20 times, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Like, if she was a second off from, like, jumping to the next hiding spot, they would have caught her. Yeah. I would have got caught. <laughs> yeah, but that whole sequence was really cool. Uh I do have okay. I guess I'm getting a little too ahead of myself, but I feel like the her relationship with Dewey 
after watching like the third one is a little bit all over the place but i guess we'll get into that more for for the third one but uh yeah I, uh you know she was i will say their relationship is in a different stage with each movie it's kind of annoying but yeah it like progresses but then it like regresses again and it's like uh yeah, um, i will say you you never see them as a happy all together couple at any time right i will say that right yeah but um I think she's likable. I think she's a hell of a lot more likable in this one than in the first one, for sure. A lot, a lot more scenes of her being involved in the investigation, which is pretty cool. I always like her interaction with her cameraman. Oh yeah, but this is the last time we get Gail and a camera camera person together, so I enjoyed it. Uh, but what about Dewey? I'm just going to start off. I was surprised that Dewey survived. My first time watching this, and when I saw Dewey pop up, I was like, what the fuck is he doing here? Didn't he die? Why is Dewey back? He didn't do anything that first movie, and now he's back, and he's suspicious of everyone, suspicious of Derek. I'm like, I was like, why the fuck is he limping? But then they explained that it was something, some nerve damage, and I was like, eh. Yeah. Dewey being on this in this movie is a nerve damage that needs to be corrected ASAP because I don't need him. <laughs> I feel what like about you guys? yeah. So th- that nerve damage like um, explanation was so it was kind of weird. I feel like it was kind of out of place because it was like so you're limping nerve damage. Okay, cool, just move on. I, I'm like, no, hold up. <laughs> like why it is was that- a. It was a script. It was like five different, a bunch of different scripts. So they just a lot left over from different scripts. Ah, uh, that makes sense. I mean, he was kind of like, I feel like he was kind of like a comfort character or comfort person for everyone. Because I mean, when he first popped up in the second movie, um, Sydney was like, "Oh my god!" And she, you know, she went to him, talked to him, and I feel like it's the first time you see Sydney so happy. To be honest, in the movie. Um, well, it's in the beginning, right? But still, you know, I feel like, and for Gail too. I mean, Gail was happy to see him, even though, you know, she hurt his little heart. Um, he was over here talking to Randy so Randy can get out all his movie fanatic stuff so they can talk about these, um, the rules of the sequels, their theories. Yeah. I feel like he was, I feel like he was just kind of like a comfort character for everyone there. Like kind of like a. I don't know. He, he just reminds me of like a cuddly bear, you know? Like <laughs> I have to say, him reading his, the description of himself that, that Gail put in the book was so funny for me. <laughs> I felt like it was kind of spot on. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Right? Like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, you, you do do that. You do exhume very... I don't know what she said, but he exhumes that energy. I Like, I see it. It he makes sense. Barney, Barney Fife-ish charm. Yeah, like he does, and I feel like he, he, but he does the same thing in the second movie. Um, but I, but um, I do agree with what you said because you know, like in the first movie, he yeah, he didn't really do much, and the second movie suddenly he was kind of playing detective, like I don't know where, you know, like like you're not, I don't know. I I guess I feel like they're trying to give him like a more important role as to why they brought him back in the first place. But it was kind of like someone awkward. dies and he has to go protect Sydney. I think 
given the fact that his his sister was murdered and she was best friends with Sydney, I guess he probably has that that leftover sibling attachment to Sydney. Which kind of makes sense now that I'm thinking about it. Because I always wonder, like, why the fuck is he always trying to protect Sydney? But now I'm thinking about it. His sister was Sydney's best friend. He, they probably spent a lot of time together. Because I think they're only like, there's only like a three, three or four year age difference between them. So they probably would have been around a lot, a lot of each other growing up as kids in a small town. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense now. Hmm. What about you, Kennedy? I mean, just seeing how violently violently he got stabbed uh, at the end, I'm just like, how did you survive? How? <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I knew that he survived because I knew, because I've seen Scream 4, I knew that he was in it, but, like, still, like, this dude just keeps getting, like, stabbed and, like, walking away alive. <laughs> but, he's I mean, he's a likable idiot to me. I don't like him too much, to be honest. A, a little bit on the silly side. Um, I know a lot of people that like Dewey, and then there's some people that don't, and I'm, I'm, I'm like in between. Like, if he dies, I don't mind. But I don't mind him being on screen either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like with every movie, they try to insert Dewey in more, but it's just like, if you took Dewey out, the movie would still play pretty similar. Pretty similarly, get, yeah. Yeah, but I you I kinda love the interaction between Dewey and Gail. Like individually, I'm like, eh. It's hot. But together it's hella. But together together they're gold. I'm like I kinda like the awkward flirtation that they have. And they always the awkward flirtation always lend leads to them fucking solving the murders. That's true. And this is two movies straight where Dewey has nothing to do in the climax besides like showing up afterwards on the stretcher. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I but feel like he's me. just not like a strong character in general. Like unless he's with someone else, he's not a strong character. Like Sydney alone is fine, Gail alone is fine, but I feel like Dewey kind of has to be with someone else in order for his character to work. Yes. Yes, I actually 100% agree with that, yeah. And he doesn't fit in the climax of the movies, which we'll we'll get to in Scream 3. That's where I really am like, why is he here? But from Dewey, let's hop over to Randy. I was so sad. I was happy to see Randy back. I, I loved his first scene. His introduction scene, like him in the classroom discussing sequels, I was like, this is a little much discussing sequels and the sequels. Can the sequel be better than the original? But then they started like listing sequels and I was like, oh, all of these are like a hit because to be honest, every movie they they, they named, I've seen. Like <laughs> Godfather Part 2, Terminator 2, Jaws 2, The Revenge. I've seen all those movies. <laughs> mm. So I like that whole scene and Randy's still giving his sequel movie his sequel rules and still have a, has a crush on Sydney, still hasn't gotten Sydney. But then they killed Randy, which there were a bunch of script script rewrites, but Randy was always supposed to die. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> he was always supposed to die and die in the same the same way. It's just Randy. Okay, I was gonna save this for 
the behind the scenes um, info, but originally written, Randy was supposed to be Gail's cameraman, not a student, which is why he died in the news van. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. But script rewrites, he wasn't a cameraman, but they still killed him in the news van. It was supposed to be more symbolic in the original script, but whatever. But what do you guys think about Randy? I honestly don't have a lot of, like, thoughts about Randy. I didn't really... In the first movie, he was just kind of there. In this movie, I feel like because in the first movie, he didn't really, like, impact me a lot. I was just kind of like, oh, it's that guy. I didn't know his name name was Randy until, like, you know, he came up a lot more. And I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But um, the only thing that stands out for me about him was that, yeah, his crush on Sydney, but also just his murder scene. And I think that's it. Um, He's okay for me, I guess. Um, I don't get the whole, like, him having a crush on Sydney type of deal i feel like it doesn't really like matter i guess because i mean he died and they never really did anything with it you know um so overall i don't know he's just kind of there for me yeah i certainly don't think that uh randy is like this like hugely developed character or anything like that but i found him uh likable uh more likable than dewey um I I kind of understand that the the arguments that like uh, his crush on Sydney is a little out of place, and it I mean it, it doesn't go anywhere, so it's like they kill him anyway, so like why even uh, like show that? But uh, I still found him really likable, uh, and like I said before, I hate seeing survivors from the first movie die in the second one because uh, it kind of ruins it a little bit. But, but you know, he's not one of the big three. He wasn't, like, this huge character or anything like that. But like Randy said, you have to raise the stakes. And the only way to raise the stakes is by offing somebody you don't, you would have never thought. But he, but he was such an important character for, like, talking about the rules of, of, of filmmaking uh, to help our main characters that they even had to bring him back in the third one, which just kind of shows you kinda, that he was more of a, that they should have kept him favorite. and Dewey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but from the person who was supposed to be the cameraman to the guy who actually became the cameraman, Joel. Now, a little behind the scenes on Joel. Joel was originally written to have a larger role in the movie. He was supposed to be part of um, Sydney's like friend group. He, him and Hallie was supposed to be a couple in the original scripts. And because that was going to be, um, Randy was going to be the cameraman. And Joel was supposed to be killed in the original script. But due to leaks, they changed that. Joel became the cameraman and he, he, he lived. And I have to say, if I was in a horror movie, I would want to, I would be Joel. Because Joel was like, well, first of all, your cameraman was murdered the last time this shit was going down. I'm getting the fuck up out of here. And he walked away and he drove away in a yellow cab. And I was like, Joel, yes, get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. Because when people start dying around these four people again, 
you need to leave. Yeah. They are. <laughs> so what about you guys? <laughs> I mean, there's not much to say about Joe. He get the hell out of Dodge, like at the halfway point. Smart man. Yeah, that's yeah, basically. Because I mean, I, yeah, I just feel like you see people dying, and it's literally the same four people who live from the other murders. Either they live or I'm going to live. And I kind of doubt I'm going to live, you know? So, yeah, like, I I, I liked him. I liked him um, as a cameraman. I liked him being there. Because he kind of, he would, like, like, the one scene where, um, where I think he was, he was, I think, first introduced, um, and where, where Sydney had hit, you know, Gail because she, she was trying to, ambush her with cotton um and he was like that's cold and i'm like yeah like that was that was awful uh, my favorite line when he, um when hallie was like did you get that on film and he was like yes i got that on film yeah that was that was all ad lib i was like see that was funny joel had some good com- they had like good comic relief this movie that didn't seem forced any thoughts on joel kennedy I I vaguely remember him, <laughs> but but I do remember him getting 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 the fuck out of there, which is probably one of the most smartest decisions in horror movie history, knowing when to get the hell out. So, uh, not much not much more to say. I would have wished that was Randy instead. Oh, dude, if that was Randy, it would have been brilliant because he was like, no, I understand where my where my type of character is going to going to like. Like, what's his end? So I'm just going to fucking leave. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> Randy would have never left Sydney. Well, if he didn't he if he if didn't know that Sydney was there, maybe he would have. Yeah, I feel like for him being such a, like, movie fanatic, like, I don't know. I mean, I get, yeah, like, I would have left, too, if I would have known that, you know, these murders are happening again. And you're seeing all the signs, and you're kind of part of the top, you know, like you're a survivor and you're you're kind of like in the the limelight a little bit. People know you were a survivor. What I mean, it would kind of make sense that the killer would come after you at some point. Maybe not like right away, but at some point. So like you would leave, you know? Well, I would leave. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was like, I'm the hell up out of here. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what about um, Cotton Weary? We saw him for a five-second news clip in the first movie. He was mentioned a lot in the first movie. He was wrongly identified and convicted and went to jail for murdering Maureen Prescott when all he did was have an affair with her. We get a lot more of Cotton, who was being creepy this entire movie and not respecting... Sydney's boundaries, but would you guys think about seeing more of Cotton? He was so creepy. They made him so so creepy. Like, I mean, everybody's a suspect. Yeah, he was creepy. Like, ah, like he was just so creepy. <laughs> Cause I mean, he was just really. I, I guess I, I didn't know like what to expect, you know, because he wasn't really there on the first movie. But when he came back, he was just so intense. 
he was so like like his eyes looked very like like they just looked through you. He looked like a serial killer. Like I can see why people believed her because he looked and he acted like a serial killer. When he would say things, he said them so calmly but so passive aggressively that it was like weird. And then, um, that scene in the library where he basically like cornered Sydney was weird. Like you're over here trying to say that you want to like, you know, help yourself and you want to, you want her to help you, but you're being, you're like, cause he was like hovering over her and just like getting like really close to her. And it's like, like she already turned down the interview with you. She kind of, I guess, obviously at some level thinks you're weird enough to kill her mom. Um, but you're going to go ahead and try to like, very aggressively say please do this interview for me because i want to be famous i honest i for 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 a second i did think that like maybe he was doing the killings but then it kind of didn't make sense with everything else but honestly if i don't know if like at some point like they made cotton like a killer i would be like you know that makes sense i see that because he he was just weird he was so weird throughout the whole movie it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I think Leif Schreiber was excellent as Cotton. Uh, in a in a movie full of like of like suspects, and he always remained there at the top, even though like oh we exonerated him for the the uh, Sydney's mom in the first movie, but he's still acting hella sus. Uh, to just kind of rule them out of everything else. Uh, Mar- Marcus, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the original script, like, at the end, like, him turning on Sydney, Like, you ruined my life. Um, like, somewhat. Like, but I'll, I'll, I'll get more detail later. But that, that ending scene where it's like, so if she didn't say yes to the interview, like, was he going to shoot her? They leave it up in the air. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like he was just a weird person to me. Like he was ve- he was just I guess he was just very very intense and they made him very like obsessed with the idea of I'm going to get my 10 minutes on national television, but I need Sydney to do that. Um and I don't I guess he was just a really intense guy for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, from Cotton to Debbie Salt slash Mrs. Loomis. Oh, what'd you guys think about Mrs. Loomis and her being the killer in the end? I kind of liked how they like sprinkled her in throughout the movie, you know? Um, because I mean, I kind of like suspected her a little bit, not like. Billy's mom, but that reporter lady, Debbie, because she would only talk to Gail and she would say, you know, kind of like, you know, she, how she admired Gail, how she wanted to be like Gail. She wanted to write her book, but she was never really in the front of anything, which I thought was kind of weird because it's like, you know, if you're trying to be like Gail, you would want to talk to Sydney. You want to talk to Randy. You want to, you know, get in everything, but she wasn't. She was just kind of like following behind Gail's telling her little comments. Um, I don't know. I like. I liked her. I thought she was kind of smart, honestly. 
she she really played it like played it well like and she was creepy she was also kind of creepy not not throughout the movie but like in the end when she when you know everybody found out that it was billy's mom like you could see that she looked crazy like her eyes were popping out and she was just she just shot mickey like oh mickey there's gonna be a trial i was like damn (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i being you know um a a serial killer's mom i i was it was really good honestly like i kind of i liked her character i liked i liked her she was she was creepy um but it worked because she was you know killing people where did that money come from because she had plastic surgery a little a little bit of work done apparently plus she was paying for mickey's tuition like um where the fuck did you get this money and watching it back you realize that debbie salt aka mrs loomis never had any scenes with randy or sydney and you're like oh that makes sense because sydney sydney instantly recognized recognized who she was yeah and i was like could this make sense that's why she was she was never around sydney she was never around randy she probably also avoided Dewey because, again, that small town. Because Gail wasn't from Woodsboro. By the time she got there, the affair had been exposed and Debbie had left. I mean, M- Mrs. Loomis had left. So she avoided the characters who would recognize her. And I was like, oh, it, it kind of makes sense now. Kennedy. Which I basically... Which- by the way, I love that uh, scene earlier in the movie where Gail sees through her bullshit. Where she's like, oh yeah, I went to your conference and I was the first person to shake your hand or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And <laughs> and Gail basically told her to fuck off. Not like that, but she was like... Um... But I would have I liked to have seen more scenes of Mrs. Loomis. Because she wasn't in the movie really much at all. Like three scenes. Um, I just would have liked to have seen her character be developed a little bit more. Uh, hell, have her have her uh on that investigation with uh Gail to kind of reduce suspicion of her. You know, I just felt that it was just one of those things where it's like they had a character in one scene and then they make them the killer at the end. I I didn't I didn't like that. I think her motivation was fine, but I would have wanted to see her more in the movie. I don't think that the ending was was that deserved for her. Billy and Stu, they were throughout the whole movie. They were throughout the whole movie in Scream 1. Just imagine if in Scream 1, Billy and Stu were just like in one scene. And at the end, oh yeah, by the way, we're the killers. (laughs) I actually really liked that they did that, actually. Um, Really? But she had no interaction with the main... Like with the main like person though until the very end, so it's like I know, but like I it's because I guess because in the first movie she was kind of like a ghost, you know, like people talked about her, people said she left, but you never really got much info after that. So in the second movie, I liked how she was kind of like in there, but not really in there, and then it's like oh my god, it's Billy's mom, like the person 
that that you've been hearing about through like you know the first movie and the second movie and now you see her and it turns out she you know she got this kid to to like to help her kill people who who also kind of looks like her he doesn't really look like look like her son but his hair kind of you know he had that whole Billy Loomis hair going on which I thought was kind of like mm-hmm. funny you know cuz I cuz well yeah I, I I thought it was cool. I thought like having her behind the scenes as like a mastermind was cool. I think um, I, f- I forgot what his name was. Um, I think she might have gotten him to do most of the killings while she kind of like stayed like in the back and was just kind of like telling him what to do, you know? It, it, she was like yeah. Billy, you know? He was like the mastermind of everything. He got Stu you know, to for both of them to start killing people. But I felt like she kind of did the same thing, which is why I like the fact that she was barely in there because, you know, I mean, she was, like, mentioned only, like, a couple times in the first movie. In the second movie, you never really thought about her, like, at all. Um, you would just see some weird reporter lady following, you know, Gail around, trying to be like Gail. And then turns out it's Billy's mom who, you know, you just never really thought about. And I thought, I don't know, I liked it. I thought how it it connected um, without really, you know, without you really seeing it. I get that. Yeah. But speaking of Mickey, let's talk about Mickey. I knew it was Mickey from the first, the first creepy scene he gave. I was like, yeah, he's one of the, he's, he's the killer or one of the killers. I didn't suspect it being Billy's mom and the news reporter, but I knew it was Mickey, like, right off the bat. There was no way in hell Mickey wasn't the killer. And then he disappeared for, like, half of the movie. The last time we saw Mickey was when Sydney's boyfriend sang the song in, in the lunchroom. And then we didn't see Mickey for the rest of the movie until the very end. It's like, of course, Mickey's a fucking killer. Yeah. Look at his hair. Look at Mickey. Mickey's creepy. He gives me like rapist serial killer vibes. It has to be him. Yeah, he was definitely one of the more obvious choices of killer of, of who the killer was. Just overall, just creepy vibe. It's like you're basically telling me that he's the killer and i don't think i don't think many people were surprised uh but i do think that his his motivation was interesting because i do think that he like him talking about how like the movies are making people crazy i do think think that's a relevant topic in like our culture that like some people think that playing violent video games or violent movies like makes you a killer or a more violent person so i I thought his motivation was interesting and I like Timothy Olivon. You can never go wrong with Timothy Olivon. So he just wanted to be famous. I mean, that was post like the O.J. Simpson trial. So big murder murder trials are like in at that point. Yeah, which they still are, sadly. What about you, Maria? He honestly, it was the hair. Like when I first saw the movie, and I saw <laughs> his hair, and I'm like, his hair looks a lot like like Billy's. And then, and then he got kind of creepy throughout the movie. And then I'm like, hmm. I like, I feel like there was a reason they made his hair that way. Um, 
yeah, I think he was kind of creepy. He was um, that scene when I think it was after Sydney was attacked and Derek had gone into the house um, to save her, and they were in the, I think in the police station, um, and he just casually said like like who would go like into the house like that, which got her thinking like oh like like yeah like who would do that. I felt was kind of, it was kind of like suspicious from, to me for him to say that because you know he's your best friend. Like, why would you say something so? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like Derek was overall a good guy. Like, I feel like he would have gone inside for anybody, you know, like to help to to save someone. He's a big guy, it makes sense. So for for his best friend to kind of throw some suspicion on like onto him was kind of weird for me and that's where I was like I think you know I think Mickey I I feel like he like like he was the other killer it would have made sense to me I hate that they don't say how long it's been since the first movie because this movie came out less than a year after the original but in in movie universe Gail's book has been published and the movie had been written, casted, filmed, and it's now premiering when the movie starts. And Cotton's out of prison. Debbie Salt has, Mrs. Loomis has lost weight, found Mickey, put Mickey in school. And it's like, so how long has it been since the first movie? That kind of confuses me. I'm just like... Because how long have Derek and fucking Mickey been friends? I never got the best friend vibes. I I got like, they all gravitate to each other recently and they don't really know each other that well. Is what I was getting. Hmm. That's interesting. (laughs) But speaking of Derek, what'd you guys think of Derek? Hmm. I thought he was, I thought, uh, well, I like Jerry O'Connell because of the kangaroo movie. <laughs> but uh, I think it, they did a good job of like kind of making you suspect if he was a killer or not. Because after the events of the first movie where, you know, obviously Billy Loomis was the killer, it gave you enough doubt that like, oh shit, is it the boyfriend again? Like, can, could it be? Uh Especially at the end where, like, Mickey was trying to mindfuck you, where he was telling Jerry, like, yeah, we did this together, right? <laughs> uh, but I think he did a good job. And he was a likable character. You know? So, I think in terms of boyfriend material, I think he was better than Billy Loomis, that's for sure. Yeah, I liked him. Um, and I feel like because he was... A better boyfriend than Billy that I didn't think he would have been the killer. Um, he was just I don't know, I feel like he was just a nice character. Like he was a nice guy. Um, I feel like like to me he was never suspicious throughout the movie. Um so that scene where um Mickey was trying to say how, you know, they were both um the killers 
I think for a second I believed it and I would have been like really surprised because I thought, I don't know, I thought he was a good person, a good guy. Um, but I but I, I like him. I like him as a character. Let's end it with Hallie. Do you guys have any thoughts on Hallie, Sydney's black best friend? That's such a random character to end it on, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't I don't remember her, her, her that much beyond like her sneaking into the car with like the agents. Uh like I think she said that she was like her therapist or something, and then uh and then yeah, when Mickey when when like Mickey did pulled off a flash and like pulled up right behind her and killed her. Uh I mean, I guess she was useful for their death, right? She was useful for the death, but didn't find her all that interesting, to be honest. Barely remember. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she was kind of not really like there, um, except for yeah, that, that scene where they um, where they had crashed. Um. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't really stand out for me, actually. Uh, besides her trying to, you know, get Sydney to talk to people and um, being like a good friend, she just wasn't really. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really have, I guess, thoughts about her. Honestly, when I was watching the movie. Well. Same. I have nothing to say about Hallie. I don't have anything to say about Hallie here. But let's hop over to the behind the scenes sections of our little podcast. Uh, the budget for this movie was $24 million and they made $172.4 million back at box office. So definitely a third one was being made because the money they made. It'd be dumb not to have made a third one. Uh, this movie was released less than a year after the first one. Uh, the first one was released uh, in December. This one came out like a couple weeks before that, the following year. Uh, Scream 2 took place. It filmed over a nine-week period starting in mid-June. Uh, while writing a script for Scream, William, uh, Kevin Williamson had developed like a five-page treatment for, like, potential sequels. So he had already had this in mind. So he kind of just went with the flow. Uh, the college aspect was always going to be there. The copycat killers were always going to be there. Um, by the time the production company and the studio had greenlit the second movie, Williamson had already had, like, over half of the script down-packed. Uh, but... There are a lot of scripts being written because there are a lot of leaks. At one point, there were supposed to be four different killers. It was supposed to be... It was still going to be Mrs. Loomis, but it was going to be Derek instead of Mickey with Cotton and Hallie. Like a group effort at one point. Which would have been insane. <laughs> which, which also factors in why... Derek and Cotton are very suspicious throughout the movie. I think Hallie and Mrs. Loomis would have been the only like, oh shit, really? 
Yeah. I kind of would have liked it if Sydney's best friend was the killer. Her boyfriend last time, best friend this time. That would have been interesting. That would have been interesting. Yep, but that changed a lot because they wanted to be four, but then it changed to just two, and they kept it with two, but the two changed a lot over the period. Then, then it became just Hallie and Derek, and then it became Cotton and Mrs. Loomis, and then it became Derek and Mickey, and then Mickey and Hallie. So they just kept changing until they, they just went with Mrs. Loomis and Mickey due to leaks. Uh, the ending was changed several times because at one point he wanted to be like a mass shootout where everyone died. So it was going to be Mrs. Loomis still gets sh- shoots Gail. Gail shoot Mrs. Loomis. Um, Cotton was going to shoot Sydney because she didn't agree to the interview. And then Sydney was going to die. was going to kill Cotton before she died of a gunshot wound. And then dude was going to just be dead because he got stabbed. Mm. But they thought that uh, a final shootout would be disrespectful given that Columbine had just happened. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, no, let's, let's scrap that. But that brings us to the end. And before we end, what do you guys, what's your review out of five? Maria? Um, like a four out of five. I liked it. I feel like it's a good movie to kind of like... Like, I would I would rewatch it um, if I didn't, you know, have to. I can't, I can't remember what I gave the first one. I do like the first one a little better than this one, but overall, I still really enjoy this one. Uh, if I didn't give the first one a five out of five, then I'm giving it a 5 out of 5 now, and I'm giving this one a 4 out of 5. I still thought thought this was a really good movie, enough to make me want to jump on the third one after, right after seeing this one. I give this one a 4 out of 5. Because uh, I like how they expanded on characters. The characters that we had already seen that survived, and then they expanded on characters that we only heard about or only saw for like a second. And you got to see and spend more time with them in this movie. So I enjoyed it. They definitely built out the um, the world that they were developing. But with that, we come to an end. Thank you guys so much for listening. Join us in two weeks for Scream 3. Bye, everybody. The Haddonfield Horrors Podcast is a Letters to Media production. Should we do an intro?